Do you have any experience in motion pictures? Oh uh, yeah, quite a bit actually. I have quite a bit of experience. I'm an active uh, renter at Blockbuster, and I um, attend the film to cinema uh, as, as much as possible, weekly, biweekly, interweek, intermediately. Would you be willing to cut your hair? Oh. Yes, but um, it's usually better if someone else does it. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. And we have a very, very special guest today. Uh-huh. A little, uh, little local pod lord, Alexi Toliopoulos. Uh, if you're not familiar with Alexi, we have a few international listeners. Um, how many podcasts do you have, would you say, Alexi? I've lost count. I don't know how many <laughs> podcasts I've got anymore, but I have a bevy of them. I promise you that. A yeah. bevy. So the- <laughs> have you been described as a podlord before? I've not heard podlord before, but I might put it as my actual moniker. That might be my real you are thing. A lord. lord of the pods. You know why you're a, lo- uh, a podlord? <laughs> mm-hmm. When we first started our podcast, um, mm-hmm. we thought we came up with a very unique premise. Uh, <laughs> which, I mean, I would say. There, there is nuance, but ultimately, yeah. uh, once we started doing Ours that podcast, called Double Impact. I, I stumbled across one called Total Reboot, mm-hmm. hosted by yourself and uh, Cameron James, and I yeah. was like, "Oh, yeah, it's pretty." Where we didn't invent this, <laughs> yeah. And then I listened to a couple episodes, and I was like, "Damn, these guys are good," and I couldn't listen anymore because <laughs> I didn't want to like you can't start right? to yeah yeah I didn't want to taint like I needed to have our own thing, otherwise I'd unconsciously copy you guys or something. I know. I had to start cutting out like other movie podcasts. I'm like, oh, I don't want to steal yeah. ideas. I don't want to say the same things. Uh-huh. Exactly. And then when I heard about Finding Drago and I realized, oh, that's those are the same guys. I listened to that and that was like <laughs> mind-blowing. So yeah. friends of the show out there, if you haven't listened to Finding Drago or Finding Desperado, get on it. It's mm-hmm. wild stuff. Thanks wild. so much, dude. <laughs> yeah. They're like it's still so good. my favorite things to do. So like Finding Desperado is the feed yeah. now. Check it out. It's like a mystery investigation comedy podcast where we like actually try to solve like popular culture mysteries that we come across. That's what I love about yeah. it because I like the format of true crime, but I find it a little bit too dark. Mm. I feel like true crime podcasts kind of trivialize people dying and shit. True pop. <laughs> Whereas pop this culture. is, yeah, true, <laughs> true pop culture. True pop. Yeah, pop culture detectives. I have a vivid, vivid memory it was pre-COVID days and I was walking to work and I was walking to work listening to like I think the final episode of Finding Drago, but I got to work too early. So I sat in the food court at Barangaroo <laughs> where listening to the rest of the episode before going to work. It's on the edge of your seat stuff. You got to listen, guys. But let's not, hey, let's not forget also you did a podcast called Mike Check. Yeah. Which I haven't listened to yet, but I, I want to get on that. That was the Mike Myers focused oh, yeah. podcast. It's very silly, I would say. It's um, Cameron and I, as best friends, we kind of found that we have a shared love and like complete admiration for Mike Myers, like being one of Good. our biggest heroes. How and we just not? decided to only do podcasts only about Mike Myers movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I was looking that up today and it went for a lot longer than I would have imagined for, <laughs> for yeah. such a specific yeah. premise. <laughs> He's a pretty wonderful we stretched human. it out and we're like, if he ever makes another movie, we'll jump back in, we'll do it. 
But, yeah. uh, mm. We also never did one on Bohemian Rhapsody because we we're just like, we don't want to watch the movie. So we decided not to do one. <laughs> oh, is he in that? Is he? His little cameo. His little cameo. Anti Bohemian like manager or something. A manager. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Who ironically thinks the song the Bohemian Rhapsody is too long. Oh, yeah. Oh, no one's going to listen to that. Oh. Yeah. Clever. Little did Zany he know stuff. that he would become <laughs> the icon behind Bohemian Rhapsody in many years. He got it back of the charts, baby. Sure. Exactly. Did. And um, wait, what is it? The Big Film Buffet. Mm-hmm. That's the new Netflix uh, podcast that you're hosting as well. See, I don't know how yeah, you do it all. We do one podcast a week and I <laughs> I forget to like shower sometimes. Like I don't know how you have multiple cho- podcasts. It's more of a choice. Yeah, it's more of a choice. It's a lifestyle choice. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's a choice and I've chosen to give up showering in favour of podcasting. <laughs> so it's all worked out well enough. Well, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Um, uh, Alexia's has picked Bowfinger for this episode. Yeah. We'll get into that shortly. But before we do, um, aside from going through your podliography, is that a thing? <laughs> it is now. You're just, oh, man. You're wordsmithing up a storm. I'm making up words. Yeah. Dude, they're all working. You I two are like creating while, a so. whole new dictionary that I have to adopt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm along for the ride, but I'll take it. A podgenary, <laughs> me. Um, Greg is going to shoot you some rapid fire questions. They're going to just help mm-hmm. our friends mm-hmm. of the show yeah. get a bit of a sense of who, who is this yes. guy? What makes him tick? These are, I can best describe them as light touch generic interest questions. <laughs> yes. All right, let's do it. DVD or VHS? I'm a DVD boy. I worked in a video store in the DVD era. I collect DVDs. Oh, you did? DVD yeah. is my most prized possession and my greatest love. That is the exact yeah. one I wanted you to expand on because I remember seeing something like that on your Instagram and I'd never, I've never heard mm. of someone being like a DVD guy. Nothing wrong with DVDs <laughs> but it's just a, it's an era that doesn't get a lot of – is it like the special features and that kind of thing? Is that is that what it so, is? Special features, it's that the case is smaller than a VHS. Um, yeah. It's the quality. I'm all DVD and obviously more Blu-ray, but DVD is funnier yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I miss special features. I, I would pay more if you're mm. listening Netflix. I would pay more for a Netflix subscription if I could have director's commentaries and mm-hmm. um, hilarious outtakes and that kind of thing. It'll help us yes. with it. It'll enrich in our pod. <laughs> help us with the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're right. listening Netflix, please give me a raise as well. So that's just if they are listening. Big time. Greg, you got any messages for Netflix? Um, uh, keep Stop it up. taking keep our it movies off. Every time we've got <laughs> oh, a movie yeah, on yeah, the list. True. And they're like, all right, oh. let's do that one this week and it's no longer on Netflix. Oh, that is like such a specific conundrum that we face all the time. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. I finally oh, really? met someone else that has the same life problem as us. I remember we did like yeah, blowout, the and then like we had it locked in for months, and then it just disappeared from any streaming <laughs> service. Like, what are we gonna yes. do? Where's the warning? Maybe a warning. Sometimes Maybe a they disappear warning. from even purchase. Mm-hmm. Like when we wanted to do Crocodile Dundee initially, you couldn't even get it anywhere. No, they couldn't. Yeah, and Bill and Ted for a while wasn't there. Shit, a, I think a little like two months remaining. You know, a little <laughs> a little amber or red bar. Yes. at the top of the title. But then I will and- go. I will watch this. Yeah, Netflix. If you're listening, listen to Greg. <laughs> That's exactly what we want. We demand an amber alert when a movie's leaving. <laughs> yeah. We've got a good list of demands for you guys. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast <laughs> where we list out ideas for Netflix. That we're, just, be heard. we're just like old men yelling at a cloud. <laughs> things we don't like. All right, rapid fire is humming. We're up to the <laughs> very, second question. Very rapid. Okay, yeah. now we're going to Aust- be rapid. Austin Powers or Wayne's World? 
Fuck, this is so hard. Um, yeah. Uh, um, I will go Austin Powers because I think the character is the funniest movie character ever. Oh, nice. Like, I tend to agree. Drago oh. or Apollo? Oh, mm. snap. Ay, 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 <laughs> ay, ay. Um, I'm going for uh, Drago. Oh, big. Big. Yeah. But I guess that's, <laughs> that's fair. Dung. I think that's you're you're like one of two people that's allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, Indiana Jones or Han Solo? Uh, Indiana Jones. I don't think there's been a Han Solo yet. Well, we like to say correct we to agree. that one. That's <laughs> we respect <laughs> Star Wars, but we've never gotten into I just Yeah. Dung. Yeah, we're not Trekkies. Mm. What? <laughs> that's a different thing. I don't, yeah. There is space. Okay. Uh, Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan? Oh, wow. That's tough. I got to go Jackie. Fair. Got to go Jackie. You got bigger filmography. Bigger filmography. Yeah, that's what it came down to. It's also been alive longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Which helps. Yeah. Uh, Pamela Anderson or Sally Field? Whoa. This is a huge question. <laughs> and I got to go Pammy, baby. I got to <laughs> go Pammy. One day. Greg is on a mission to prove that <laughs> Sally Field is a babe. Sally Field and is a, a babe, lady. but if you're putting I'm up saying, against yeah. Pammy, my God, you know, no yeah. one's going to top it. I know. It. I, need, I, think, I think that's a good point. I'm going to have to rephrase that question to take <laughs> out. I'll have to make it like the mum out of Step by Step or Sally Field. <laughs> that's probably a little bit more. Suzanne Summers. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably more level. Yeah, it's probably closer. Yeah. Okay. Van Damme or Steven Seagal? Van Damme, dude. It's Van Damme. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Cor- that is. When I said that's there's a no right one. or wrong, that's kind of a lie. Yeah. That's a test. There could have been a short pod there. Okay. Biggie or Tupac? Shit. Um, my instinct was Biggie, so I'll go Biggie. Ah, that's correct as well. <laughs> uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or Die Hard? Um, I actually will go Die Hard. Respect. Favorite current TV show? Oh my lord, that's tough. Um. What am I watching at the moment? I guess uh, I watch Top Chef is my favourite show. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, in lockdown I watched all 17 previous seasons of Top Chef in about like one month. <laughs> Top Chef like the American series. The American the reality American? Yeah, cooking wow. TV Impressive. show. That's my favourite. Because oh, I more wow. watch movies than TV shows. So like I watch a movie every single day and it's usually a yeah. reality show that I get hooked on is the only things that keep me watching a TV show. Yeah, interesting. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Favourite all-time TV show? Oh, Ooh. I got to go with my gut instinct, which is The Sopranos. Yeah. You're a man of taste, Alexi. Yeah. Thank you, Greggy. Thank you, Tristan. I don't know if there's passing or failing, but I feel like you've passed. I feel like we could input this into some kind of computer and evaluate yeah. your character. Yeah. And I would say it's a ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it's a ding, ding, ding. Fine, fine taste. I also enjoyed your your honest uh, and enthusiastic answers. You you had a some people – actually, no, everyone's been pretty everyone's good. Everyone's been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're good. <laughs> I had to look deep within. Greg, it was the only you way did. to answer the questions. I had to look deep within. I hope you learned a little bit about yourself too. Yeah, yeah that's true. I yeah. did. <laughs> I, I mean, the one that I truly learned was Biggie over Tupac. I'm actually shocked that's how it went. but <laughs> And it's on the it record the, now. Yeah, in the moment that was the realest answer. It'll be on your Wikipedia page we, at some point. We will <laughs> tell them. <laughs> um, 
Uh, that was a nice getting to know you session. I it think was. it's probably time we talk about the movie. But before, uh, to kind of set the context for the movie, we, we should also look at uh, what was that year like in film? Um, and it was quite a big year. Often. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With, the, with movies of this era, the later 90s, Greg and I often observe that they're sort of in this awkward in-between phase where they're, mm. they're, they can often be outdated without us. You can't kind of tell if they're going to be classics or not yet. Mm. Whereas a lot of the mid-80s ones, there's an established kind of vintage there. You go, oh, mm. yeah, it's, it's a charming 80s movie. Whereas late 90s is kind of awkward teens or something. Yeah. And the top 10 is right in there with that. You got Star Wars Episode One, for instance. Huge mm. movie, huge movie, huge movie. Oh, and you got Austin Powers. Austin Powers yes. came out that year. Exactly. Oh, really? Spider Man. Had, had time to watch Bowfinger. Yeah, the first one. Oh, no, that's oh the second, second one. one, isn't it? Spy Shag Me's two. First one is it International is Man of Mystery. Man second of mystery. one, Spy Shag yeah. Me. Oh yeah. Third one is Gold Member. Fourth one is Austin Pussy, which I pray does come out one day. Wait, a fourth one? <laughs> I'm praying. I'm praying to make it. <laughs> And have you made up that title? Is that just well? Austin Pussy's in Goldmember. The, Steven Spielberg is the ah. director of Austin Pussy, which is a movie being made within Goldmember, oh, where Tom Cruise plays Austin Powers, which is That's you know awesome. very Bowfinger esque, if you will. It is. Mm. It's um. It all comes back to Bowfinger. <laughs> exactly. Bowfinger knows all. I would say that uh, 1999 is like kind of now known as like this big classic movie year, right? Like people go yeah. like 99, it had The Matrix, it had American Pie, it had like, you know, yeah. Magnolia, all these movies have become mm. like big classics. So it kind of feels like it's like this shift where like all these big directors that established themselves in like the late 80s and the 90s all kind of got to make like a big movie at that point in time that kind of shifted the perspective of like where film was heading. So it's like established filmmakers making their big movie and then new filmmakers making their first movie that somehow becomes a big movie. And it's kind of like become like this big center point for like the 21st century, uh, how film would develop in some kind of way. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, even the Sixth Sense was that year, and of course Notting Hill. Notting Hill, huge. <laughs> They're all huge movies, like of all different genres. Like Sixth Sense is like a horror classic now, mystery classic. Notting Hill is one of like the biggest rom coms of all time. I would say Tristan that doesn't like, like it. American <laughs> Pie is like probably my big one from this year, and it's Me like too. that like started this whole like new comedy movement of like gross out comedy like yeah. coming yeah. back in like the early 2000s. Yeah. It's interesting too because we did we did um Wild Things recently which was 98. Yeah. And you can you compare I know I just made that comment before about you know the awkward teens years and whatnot. But yeah 98 and 99 when you look at the top 10 movies mm. for the year they they could be they're almost like they're 10 years apart a little bit. Like they're, <laughs> they're more awkward. <laughs> the the yeah. 98 ones are like you're right. Yeah. The it's a much finer a, vintage. It's a much finer vintage. Green Mile. <laughs> wild, <Yeah>. wild west. <laughs> man, if we, <laughs> hang on. And if, hang on. <laughs> well, if Wild Wild West didn't come out, we might have had Will Smith in The Matrix too. I know, so, right? Wow. Hard to, wow. I can't even imagine that movie, to be honest, with Will Smith. I don't really want to. Yeah, he would have done that thing. That mo- He's got that move. Yeah. Like, the teary with the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten things I hate about you. Office Space. Oh, Office Space, my God. That's a, a great comedy. Yeah, it's kind of a wild year. Like there's so many different things. Yeah, it's great. But there was one movie, came in all the way, 
At number 37. <laughs> all the way down to number 37. Uh, Bowfinger. So it came out in August of 1999, budget of $55 million with a return of $98.6 million. Oh, sorry, a budget of $2,184. Yeah, that's right. Every movie, <laughs> net, gross, net, net, whatever. <laughs> I like that one. That was good. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes score, critic score of 81%, audience score of 61%. Interesting. Interesting. Respectable. Interesting. Respectable. Respectable. Yeah, a bit, bit of a bit gap discrepancy. between. Yeah. Mm. But um, I imagine, Alexi, I've got to ask you, you chose this movie, so I've I got to imagine this was a big one for you. Yeah, this is probably one of my favourite comedies. Um, nice. And it's also one that I picked because I'm like, I wouldn't, I've never got a chance to talk about Bowfinger. So I'm like, i got to <laughs> yeah. bring it, got to bring it to you guys. And It hasn't um, been rebooted yet. Yeah, Exactly, it hasn't been rebooted <laughs> yet. It's not like, it's kind of like a more cult classic. And when you guys were like talking about like, the kind of movies that you talk about on this podcast are like those ch- kind of like ish childhood movies or more of those movies you have like a big nostalgia for. And I remember yeah. just like this was one that used to play on like Channel 10 or something like constantly. I think I yeah, right. only in the last couple of years have seen this movie without ads in it. And um, <laughs> it's become yeah. like a like one of those formative movies for me because it's got so many of like the comedians and actors that I love. And Frank Oz himself has become like one of the comedic yeah. directors that I really revere and admire so much. And it yeah. just kind of has it all. Like it's really funny. It's a cinephile's dream, this movie. And it's yeah. just like fucking crazy. It's like a weird, weird, <laughs> weird comedy. Yeah. yeah. It is it's pretty wacky. And I think I think you're a little bit younger than us. So was this like was this an entry point for, for you with any of these guys, or this was more like uh the Avengers of comedy coming together? Wow. What, what was the vibe for you? That's a great question because it really is like the adventures of comedy. And it's hard to say because I feel like Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy have like always been present for me. Like they just yeah. are, you know, yeah, it's hard to absolutely down. like yeah. probably top two biggest comedians like up there with Mike Myers for like my comedic tastes and sensibilities have always been shaped by these two guys. And uh, so it's hard to say, but I think it was a big one for me to realize like that they can exist in the same universe was kind of mind blowing because Steve Martin, I guess as a kid, I would have known him more from like uh, other movies from this era, like uh, Father of the Bride and stuff. Yeah. And then Eddie Murphy was just always like I had the Eddie Murphy um, best of SNL on VHS. Oh, yes. And I was just like, that blew my freaking mind open, like how talented <laughs> he was. Like he yeah. could, he was like, I, I think as a kid, I was like so impressed by like, this guy is like so beautiful, the most handsome man in the world, yeah. the yeah. funniest yeah. man in the world. And somehow he could have actually made it as a professional singer as well. Like yeah. the way he sings I was the hoping you were going to say that. Every time we do an Eddie Murphy movie, we just start gushing. Like he's just amazing. It yeah, just, it doesn't like, make sense. It doesn't make any exactly. sense. He's just a great entertainer. It's just he can do anything. He's like Frank Sinatra or something. He can yeah, be anything. Yeah, he he's been saying he wants to do a stand up tour where it's stand up and music. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he said that a few years ago. Nothing's happened yet. But my girl wants to party <laughs> all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Love it. Love that yeah, song. Really. It was my ringtone for years. <laughs> <laughs> He's a special, special man. And then I, so for me, that was the driving factor when it came. I saw this in the cinema when it came out. Mm. And it was me and a big group of mates who were Eddie Murphy obsessed teenagers. Yeah. And we saw it primarily as an Eddie Murphy movie. Wow. That's not to say I wasn't a Steve Martin fan, but yep. it was definitely, that was the main driver. I went through a weird thing with Steve Martin where when I was a really little kid, I thought he was Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. So <laughs> Little as in like till, till recently? Yeah. <laughs> no, when I was like, first saw Naked Gun and I, it was mm-hmm. the best movie I'd ever seen and I would just go to Video Easy and choose Take movies. Roxanne. I took home uh, The Man With Two Brains because oh, it, it just one. had a picture of, it just had his face on it. And I was like, yeah, the guy with gray hair. I love that guy. <laughs> and it was it was a while before I realized this isn't really the same kind of thing. I still like it, but it's not really the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, LA Story, which I haven't seen in a long time, <gasps> is a really weird yeah. one for me. It's almost forgotten, right? Like you kind of forget it even exists. LA Story yeah. was, um, I was a little kid, like seven years old or something. And my dad was living in Singapore mm. and I would fly to Singapore like twice a year to visit my dad. And in those days there was one screen on the plane and they would play one movie and you just had to watch it and it was L.A. Story. And so I saw Whoa. it like four times as a little kid and I, in Thanks, some ways Pontus. parts of it are really vivid, mainly Sarah Jessica Parker and, and roller skates and things. <laughs> but then otherwise I can't really, I couldn't tell you what it's about, but I'm really keen to revisit that. But yeah, and I, I don't think I've, so, so I went to the cinema to watch this with mates we had a good time, but I don't think I really rewatched it much since until this mm. week. Yeah. What about you, Greg? Uh, I, I kind of missed it in 99, funnily right. enough. Like I, I'm a, as you guys are, I'm a huge, huge Eddie Murphy fan. 99 was my final year of high school, so I think I was probably preoccupied with pretending to study and probably drinking. <laughs> um, so I, it, I probably missed, like I missed Bowfinger probably. And I think Eddie Murphy at the time, I, he was off the boil a little bit. Like he had done yeah. Holy Man and Dr. Doolittle, I think, leading up to this. So yeah. I was probably angry at him for producing that when I know who he is. Yes. Um, but it did creep back in in the, in the uni years. Someone must have had it on Duvda and yeah. <laughs> we watched it. And then just like the permeation into our vernacular from this film was up there with any other film at the time, you know, like <laughs> Butter Baby. We, everything was Butter Baby. Um, if you, we talked a lot about Alien Love. If you get in a uni household in that in that first wave of DVD culture, yeah, that's being watched on. It repeat. got in, it yeah. got in the mix, and <laughs> yeah. as I say, it was just it was on from there. So it came yeah. a bit late for me, but um, but formed a special place in my heart. Yeah, I think that's accurate for what this movie is. It's like it became like a bit of a cult movie. Like it took time yeah. for people to realize like what Bowfinger was because it is quite weird. And, like, yeah. it is the thing that you love most. Like, it's Eddie Murphy doing multiple characters. But yeah. they're not, like, they exaggerate it, but in a more realistic, less it's broad little bit, or less yeah. More subtle than Jeff, Nutty Professor. Yeah, yeah. Jeff yes. is quite, the brother is quite subtle. There's no prosthetics other than the <laughs> braces. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> well, with that, how about I get into the origin story of this movie? Yeah, this is the part where Tristan gets into the origin story. Yeah, Oof. we call it origin story. I There's love an origin story and I can't wait to hear how it all unfolds. <laughs> origin story. 
That's our friend Octavio. He has a deep voice. Gorgeous Octavio. <laughs> yeah, My right? God. Yeah. So this is an interesting one because I thought I was coming up with nothing. Sometimes you do a movie and there's so much rich history around it and other times there's nothing. And at first this was one of the nothing ones and I thought this whole segment was just going to be Steve Martin decided to make Bowfinger. <laughs> but I came across an interview between Carrie Fisher and um, Steve Martin Whoa! From, from when this movie was just coming out. It mm-hmm. got republished when she passed away. And um, there's all kinds of nuggets in there. So, Ooh, so that. I can't wait to yeah, chomp yeah. on those nuggets. <laughs> do- oh, let me tell you. Are they McNuggets? They're delicious McNuggets. Ooh. Maybe a sweet and sour sauce, barbecue sauce. Oh, my gosh. The top two yeah, sauces. Yeah. We're not effing around right? with that ketchup stuff. <laughs> the honey no. mustard, get out of here. No, thanks, honey mustard. <laughs> so the first little nugget, this is more of an appetizer. This I wouldn't say this is the, the nugget. Um, <laughs> He had this idea 15 years before he made it, which is interesting because this puts it back in his career 15 years earlier. Oh, wow, yeah. So, so it puts him in his early days of his movie career. So he, he's almost a, perhaps a bit of a bowfinger himself trying mm. to get shit made. I think he would have already made the jerk 15 years earlier, but, you know, there's, it's still early days. And he said he'd over the, he likens it to a fish called Wanda. He, mm. He'd seen a fish called Wanda, which wasn't 15 years earlier, but, you know, mm-hmm. as it's germinating in his head. Yeah. And it's something about the vibe of that movie. It's just like very easy to watch and just mm. a really great vibe. And he's like, I want to make a movie like that. And so he had this idea in the back of his head and he just couldn't end it. He had no ending. And so he ended up writing another story and then merged the two. And so the other story, and this is, this is the biggest nugget, the other story he had was about a big-time Hollywood producer, perhaps Robert Downey Jr. He didn't say, but i got to imagine Robert Downey Jr. probably, a Hollywood producer who had who finds out he had two months to live. Now, the way he talks about it, this other, this other story, this producer says to himself, I've had a great life, great career. Uh, when I'm gone, the other producers will go on and they're my friends and they'll make movies and everything will be great. But then he thinks, hang on a second, why should I be the only one to die? So he decides to throw a party and invite everyone in Hollywood and to, to basically blow up his house and murder every, oh, yeah, every, okay. every big dog in Hollywood. Whoa. Now, this becomes super interesting when you mush it together because... Mm. This is a comedy, yeah? <laughs> it's a comedy. Yeah? Well, this is the thing. This is why it kind of got taken out because he's like, it's getting a bit too dark. But the, the Bowfinger part of the story is still there and basically the final shot they need is a, is a party in the Hollywood Hills kind of theme and so they go to shoot it at that party. Mm. And they're shooting at the party. They go outside for a nice exterior shot. The house blows up and every big dog in Hollywood is dead. And so it's, it's a bit of a Stephen Bradbury moment where now the movie they've made wins all the Oscars oh, because there's whoa. no one else around. <laughs> ah, take yeah. out the competition. Yeah, yeah. So that was the, the big ending was there's, they got, the, the final shot I think was at the Oscars and there's like 17 people in the audience. And <laughs> I had and no idea. Oscars. I had no idea either. So I was very happy when I found this nugget, a delicious nugget, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah, and it's all verbatim. This isn't the old IMDb trivia bullshit. Ah, right. <laughs> but, um, Which forms the backbone of the rest yeah, of our show. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was pretty pretty wild stuff. But he said, like you observed, Greg, it's a little bit dark and he's, he didn't want it to be so much of a black comedy. He wanted it to be more the big, fun, yeah. physical comedy. Is he a black comedy? I mean, just, it's interesting to hear that because if I think Steve Martin – I think is a good example of his level of humor, or Father mm. of the Bride, which I know he didn't write, but he he's a, he's a light he's a it's he's a happy guy. Mm. It's happy comedy. It goes down easy. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's, it's not dark. Yeah, not or even a shade like, of gray. 
Yeah, I think you're right. It's like this, like it's it's almost like the way that he delivers or like creates comedy. It's quite like light or jovial, even though Gentle, there could be like yeah. dark subject matter or his jokes yeah, are very cutting or very dark jokes. But because of like the persona and like. Uh, like the, yeah. his delivery of it all, it's all very ele- elevated to a very like joyful, mm. jovial kind of setting. Or even yeah. the the darkest he probably gets is Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, absolutely. Which is oh, yeah. dark but still hilarious. He's so good. That. <laughs> He's so so good, good. good. That's one of my Another Frank Oz joints. Yeah, Frank Oz. We covered yeah. it recently Oof. and that was a big one for me in my childhood. Another one I picked from the video store just based off the cover thinking yeah. it was a really scary movie. And I hadn't watched it since I was a kid and we did it on the pod and I think it's now in my top five movies. I love it. I listen to the soundtrack. It's so well made. The soundtrack (laughs) is so good. good. Frank, to me that's like Frank Oz being like showing off that he can be like a master director. Because he's doing all these tricks. Yeah, So good. It's like a 1940s musical. It looks sensational. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Anyway, back to this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, yeah, needless to say, that's not the ending we got. I uh, felt a little bit dark. Um, the other nugget I got out of it was mm. that it wasn't written for Eddie Murphy. It was written for a more traditional action star. Oh, really? And it was, um, yeah, it was the producer, Brian Grazer, who suggested Murphy. He produced Nutty Professor. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, you, you got a guy that's going to play two guys? I know a guy. Makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Who else is there? But oh, maybe then, Mike Myers. But then off the back of that, they rewrote the role quite a bit, uh, especially I think that his first scene, that whole, you know, I found it's perfectly divisible by three or the KKKs, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> that was all written specifically yeah, for Murphy. Yeah. And actually Murphy says a lot of pretty much everything he said was on the page. There wasn't too much improv. Like he's. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. He's, the way he's just, anyway, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so usually this part, there's some juicy what we call precasties, like this guy almost played that guy. And, mm. and in this, there isn't really. The only one I saw, which is more at IMDb trivia level of legitimacy, was Keanu Reeves potentially being in the mix for as, the Eddie Murphy the, part as the action man. Oh, really? as the action man. Yeah. As the Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Well, I guess it's kind of yeah. hot off speed, right? Like Keanu's like I guess speed so. and Johnny Mnemonic and I guess point break as well. So <laughs> yeah. I guess he kind of is like yeah. the hip action star at the moment, which is so weird to think about. It's it's he's had a wild ride, hasn't he? Well, this is the <laughs> Matrix year. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He, did, he kind of was busy making the blockbuster instead of playing the guy who makes the blockbuster. <laughs> so so if Will Smith didn't make Wild Wild West and did the Matrix instead, mm-hmm. maybe just maybe Keanu would have been in Bowfinger. Yeah. Because Keanu's not going to say yes to Wild Wild West, so it's not a no direct swap oh. over. Exactly. It's just the whole chain. It's a chain reaction, man. Butterfly effect. Oh, Bowfinger effect. <laughs> Bowfinger effect. Now, last but not least, obviously this is directed by Frank Oz. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about him in this context in terms of origin story. Uh, not that he was just a director for hire. I feel like, you know, he's obviously mm. – um, his, you know, he directed it, but um, I don't have any juicy nuggets about him in relation to the making of the movie. Ah, but I'm sure we'll talk about him as we dive into the movie itself. But you know, bish bash bosh, they get these people in Hollywood there, and they they make a picture, and you got yourself Bowfinger. Rap party at the Viper Room. Rap party at the Viper Room. Yeah, yeah. baby. Let's play the trailer. Do you have any experience in motion pictures? Oh uh, yeah, quite a bit actually. I have quite a bit of experience. I'm uh, an active uh, renter. And I um, attend the 
film the cinema uh, as, as much as possible, weekly, bi-weekly, inter-week, inter. Would you be willing to cut your hair? Oh. Yes, but um, it's usually better if someone else does it. I've had a few accidents. Would you be uh, willing to show your naked rear end in a movie? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Welcome aboard. Here's your wardrobe. sex with Jeff. So? I never thought of it that way. Great trailer. Good trailer. Now, Alexi, Greg Greg likes to do a bit of a plot recap just mm-hmm. to make sure our listeners are all on the same page. So as, as we dive into the movie, they, they know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Greg, you want to take us on a journey? Thank you. I am going to take you on a journey. And I'm going to start this synopsis with a question. Alexi, Tristan, mm-hmm. have you ever had a dream? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Almost every night. Yeah, sometimes during the day too. <laughs> a dream so real. And so clear that you'll save for a lifetime until you have $2,184 to make that dream a reality. Mm. Well, Bobby Bowfinger did. Bobby struggled his entire life as a B-film producer with a dream to one day make a Hollywood film. And you know what? This is his story. The story of a man who will finally shoot his shot when he comes across the script of a lifetime, (laughs) Chubby Rain. And he's so committed to his dream that he's willing to manipulate a team of vulnerable misfits over and over again to psychologically damage and blackmail a fragile Hollywood star, to exploit cheap illegal (laughs) labour, to lie repeatedly. Because in the end, that's show business, baby. That's show business, baby. That's show business, baby. It's also a love story between us and the magic of cinema. (laughs) Absolutely. Beautifully put, Greg. Greg, you you touched on one of the things there that stood out to me in the rewatch was that I didn't didn't find Bowfinger all that likeable as a human. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was... It's more of an arsehole than I remembered. Yeah, he's a he's a bad man, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Steve Martin makes him sort of likable, but yeah. I really struggled with that a little bit. Well, that's kind of what I was interested when you were touching yeah. on that, uh, Alexa. When you were saying he can make the you know the dark subject matter lighter, like I mean, in this instance, he's yeah. making a, quite a dark guy, light, yeah. light lightable. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's like the Steve Martin secret, right? Like he often yeah. plays like big assholes. 
but you kind <laughs> of like root for them. And I think for this one, like the secret is it's like this character is led by and like lives on his determination. And it's kind of like that yeah. chutzpah that you just have to respect a little bit. Like Bowfinger like fucks up a lot, but he wants his dreams so bad that he manipulates every yeah. single person in his life to achieve his <laughs> one goal. And there's like something about that that Steve Martin can make like really likable and also just like you're kind of on his side because you've got no other choice yeah. really. Mm-hmm. And they do such a good job of setting that up. So the, the opening scene where he's just on the phone, mm-hmm. there's not real any direct exposition. It's just you're just overhearing his phone call and whatever he's doing. I can't remember what he's doing now, but he's doing all mm. these things that basically tell you everything you need to know about this person. And yeah. basically everything you're saying, it just sets this guy up as sympathetic, kind of an idiot, but um, you, you're on his side. You're on his side. I think it's because he's also like such a freaking loser. Like you're just like, yeah. Yeah. you from, you know, from other Hollywood movies and movies about Hollywood. I think this is a really good satire on all that stuff, but Specifically, like, you know what, like, a big producer looks like. You know how they talk. You know what they drive. You know what how they dress. And, like, Bowfinger is just not that. So you just know that he's a bit of a schmuck, a bit of a loser, and definitely Uh an underdog because he has, like... That pure dream where he's like, one day that FedEx truck's gonna come and it's gonna <laughs> deliver a strip to me. And there's something pure yeah. about like how base and simple that dream is. It's not like I'm gonna become a billionaire, I'm not gonna have the biggest movie in Hollywood. It's the simple yeah. dream of like one day I'm gonna be part of this thing that's left me yeah. out this whole time. I agree. And actually I forgot to mention that was one of the things I remembered from first watching it that stuck with me, that small thing of the mm. FedEx delivery. Which does date the movie a little bit because I guess this was pre kind of online shopping. Yeah. You know, everyone gets a FedEx box every day now. Exactly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> now it's DHL or Toll that's going to yeah, be delivering yeah, exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, and then they just leave the slip and then you've got to go to the post office. And, oh, you know, it's, all a, it's a headache. <laughs> but I, I know that exact feeling. I remember when I first started working. So Greg and I used to work together at an advertising agency and my first email addressed to me, I was like, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I've made it, yeah. It felt so important. I was like, I got it. Whoa. Whoa. An, an electronic mail. I got it. Yeah. Tristan Bowen. Like on my assistant. first day on the job. Like, I think I was wearing a tie. It was like my first day. You did wear a tie. Yeah. Your first day. And then I realized, oh, no one wears no ties. One had ties. <laughs> but yeah, there's something so pure about that. And I think that book ended by the these guys watching the premiere and their faces yep. when they see themselves on the screen. It just makes the whole thing land. Perfectly. Absolutely. Happy, happy. I got, I wouldn't say I got goosebumps, but I got a little, ah. Oh, you get a little something. Oh. It's a pang in the heart for the yeah. Bowfinger crew. Yeah. yeah. Did you get a chance to rewatch it this week? Absolutely. I watched it again today. I watched it not oh, too yeah. long ago. Bowfinger, I bought it on yeah. Blu-ray because I'm like, yeah, I've got to get this in my repertoire. This is going to be a regular <laughs> occurrence for me to watch Bowfinger. Was there anything that stood out to you? I mean, you've rewatched it a lot, obviously, but this time around or in in recent viewings that has stood out to you more than in previous viewings? Yes. There's like a whole subplot that I have only like awoken in the last couple of viewings. That's now my favorite (laughs) thing in the whole movie is. This might be the same thing. uh, It might be. The Mexicans? It is. It's the crew. Like where. (laughs) Yes. It's my favorite thing in the whole movie. I think it's so funny. 
That's the last note I added because I rewatched this this afternoon. I watched it earlier in the week and I only picked up on it this time and I was like, I've missed this whole yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Did you pick up on it? I was, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't before. I didn't notice it at all. The whole, oh, yeah, because the, the college years you would have picked up on that yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice it at all. It's so funny, right? You want to break it down for the yeah. listeners? Yeah. Let's break it down because I think it's so weird and so funny and I never noticed it for years <laughs> because, like, you know, they need to get a crew and they can't afford, like, a real legitimate crew to become, like, the cinematographers, the cameras, the grips, the gaffers, everyone that feels out like a Hollywood crew. So they, like, pick up, like, uh, new Americans, like a Mexican migrants that are usually used for, like, day laboring, like doing handiwork yeah. on, like, construction yeah. and then train them up to become, like, the Hollywood crew. And yeah. for my whole life, I was just like, I got that was the joke. Like, I got that. But I'd never, like, really understood, like, how it develops that they all become, yeah. like, major cinephiles. <laughs> like, they all watching, like, yeah. Stanley Kubrick, like, watching all the greats. Like, you can hear them talking about, like, uh, yes. Dr. Strangelove in, like, the background <laughs> and stuff. And then there's, like, one point where one of them is reading Cahir du Cinema, like the French film magazine. It's not in English or Spanish. It's in French. I just think that's so funny. And then by the end of the movie, they're all, like, big-time Hollywood crew. They're all, like, the only ones that yeah. are booked on working on, like, sets after that. They've all got their next jobs lined up. And, like, you know, now <laughs> in the last few years, like, working in, like, film and TV myself – that is like now my favorite joke because like that's so funny that these are like the proper pro 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 level like dream crew now. So good, yeah. And I only picked up on it in this last viewing towards the end. I, I noticed that scene you're talking about mm-hmm. where they're talking about Dr. Strange Love and Apocalypse Now and yeah. Dan- Stanley Kubrick and Citizen Kane. So and I was like, funny. wait. And then I rewound it and I was like, I, how much I've probably missed a whole lot of these little nuggets Not throughout. The way. Yeah. Oh, so good. Truly, the one that when I noticed that they had like the Kahir magazine, I was like, holy shit, who is this made <laughs> I for? Missed like, the this magazine, joke is for like me say. once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they are the only ones that are good at their job. Because yeah. <laughs> more broadly, I think that's also why the movie works so well. Is like, I think Frank Oz even said it in an interview I was watching, is like, the only thing these guys have working against them is that. They're not very good. Yeah. <laughs> like no, no, none of these people are good at their jobs except for the Mexicans to become phenomenal. They're all terrible, terrible actors, terrible producers, et cetera, et cetera. But it's got that <laughs> earnestness behind it. Yeah. A little bit like, you know, a Tommy Wiseau vibe. Absolutely. Like that's the thing. Like when you watch this, it's like the disaster artist is just trying to do Bowfinger but not as well. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> And yeah, they kind of end up. Chubby Rain is not, it's kind of the room, really. And you, you haven't seen the room yet, have you? I haven't seen uh, it. I'm familiar with oh yeah, the premise. We should, we should I do should it one have picked day. the room. You guys have to do the room. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that episode. I've never seen the full movie, I've only seen the, the highlights on YouTube. But I watched oh The Disaster God. Artist, and you're right. The, the Disaster Artist is sort of just the, the spiritual remake almost. Mm that's not quite as good. (laughs) Exactly. And then I think like um, Eddie Murphy does it again with like Dolomite Is My Name, which is just like same kind of thing, but it's also biographical, but like makes it even more sincere than this movie. Yeah. I didn't even make that connection. You're right. That's all. That's like another mini bow finger, isn't it? Mm. But I think like what you were hitting on before about like what I think like makes this like one of the great comedies is 
that idea, like there's this idea for me of like comedic distance or comedic gap where someone's perception of themselves is like an yes. alternate reality than what we, everyone else lives in. So mm. it's like people like Christine Baranski is like, I think one of the great comedic characters in this movie, she plays like oh, the lead actress, absolutely. Carol, like in the Bowfinger troupe of actors. And I think she's yes. such a br- brilliant comedic performer, but the way that she like straddles that gap of like, someone believing that they're like this immense talent who's like worked in Hollywood in the periphery yeah. forever. And then when you see her actual acting is just yeah. like the psychopathy <laughs> between those two things is just hysterical. She's so funny from the scenes when you see her acting or when she's like yeah. meeting uh, like the Eddie Murphy character by going like, you know, falling over Kit Ramsey saying how much she loves Kit Ramsey and how great it is to work with him and he's just <laughs> losing his mind at her. It's so, she's just so funny. And she plays it like she doesn't, she's not acting like she knows she's in a comedy. She's like serious about this character. It's so good. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's perfect. What about you, Greg? How's the rewatch? Um, yeah, it was a treat. It was, it's, it's hilarious. Like the first, I think the f- especially the first, I don't know, maybe half hour is so fast paced yep. in that it's just constantly bubbling along. It's butter, baby. It's better. It's better. <laughs> I didn't know it's that's what that was from. You've been saying that. Yeah, yeah. I, just say, I, I still say it, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's just, it's just one of those things. And it's, it was so interesting hearing Steve Martin say that he kind of aspired to a, a fish called wonder because it is, has a similar pace to it. Mm. There's just sort of something happening the whole time and you, you're trying to keep up with, because the dialogue's, you know, it's snappy. You're trying to keep up with the little one-liners that get peppered in and you're laughing at them and then, then the next scene's happening and you're kind of laughing at that. So I, I was just, I was watching it with the wife and we were in stitches. It was just. Yeah, actually, mine passed the wife test too. Ara was enjoying Oof. it. What was the biggest laugh that you guys got with like your partners when watching oh. this movie? Oh, man, that's a good question. That's a good question. It's probably something Eddie Murphy related. Probably Jif. Probably something Jif. Yeah. Oh, it yeah, was Jif. We kept Jif, reacting to his yeah, facial expressions. Jif got a lot of love yeah. in the county house. Yeah. Um, the haircut thing. <laughs> you can cut. What <laughs> something yeah. about cutting his hair being it. Yeah, would you be open to cutting your hair? <laughs> and yes. Uh, <laughs> So funny. I think Jif is just like one of the rarest Eddie Murphy creations because it's like Eddie Murphy is usually like the Kit Ramsey where he plays like a high status character. Yeah. And then yeah. to see him like undercut at playing Jif, who is like the lowest status of anyone in the film, <laughs> who's just also like completely clueless, like especially two characters that are clueless in such different ways. And the way that yeah. people would interact with them is so different. I think it's like the most like divergent his characters are in movies. Like in the same way, like, yeah. you know, like Buddy Love and uh, Herman Klump from like yeah. The Nutty Professor, like they're very different, like they're polar opposites. But I think there's something more to say in this one that he's created two really unique characters that are very yeah. different, but uh, like there's a relation between them and like, but they're just like very unique characters. It's not just like playing a polar opposite. They're just like Mm. two incredibly unique characters that also feel realer than a sketch character. Like they do have a reality to both of them. Agree. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Cause buddy love and um, clump. Yeah. They were like opposites. Mm -hmm. And that was, this is two extremes. Yeah. Whereas these guys are just like, 
it's, it's more nuanced than They're that. They're more nuanced. Yeah. Yes. And there's no prosthetics. So it's just it's just acting, man. Like yeah. It's, the guy can do it. And especially oh. like Jif is so fucking weird, man. Like what a weird character. <laughs> like I, I just adore like how like the, his manner of speech, like when he's like uh, talking about how he slept with Heather Graham and stuff and he's like, oh. it's the best thing that's ever happened in his life. Has changed his life. Speed and power. <laughs> She gave me everything, man. Speed and power. Oh, I had to write it down. She's, like, she, she's a wordsmith. She, she's the most inventive girl. Jesus. It's so funny. And then, oh, like, so just good. The monologue that he gives when he's talking about like how um, he when it's the big revelation that he's Kit Ramsey's brother and like yeah. that's so well delivered where everyone's just in shock that – They've like they've been using him for this exact thing, and they finally like, oh my god, he's the brother, yeah. just all stunned silent. And he goes on this crazy monologue about like how it's like when I get the coffee, I know that I got the coffee. As like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. most boring man in the world, <laughs> like they're all just like yeah. shocked by him, and coffee. he's just going on the most boring monologue about how he's the most boring guy in the world, and he has this sense of weird pride in it. It's so good. The, the errands are what keeps him going. Oh, yeah. The errands. It's like I can't imagine if it was Keanu. Like hearing that it was almost an yeah. action star, then no one could do what Eddie does. Like not even another nah. comedy star could do this. You couldn't have the nah. range between those like, two characters. What would yeah. – it just changes the whole dynamic of the film and it was always meant to be a comedy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What, yeah. Hey, I have, play out. I have a fan theory. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a – it's a Tristan theory, to be honest. You're a fan. <laughs> You're a, a fan. That counts. Uh, I came You're up with this this afternoon. I, I, <laughs> I got the cork board out and the, the red strings oh, and good, such. Good. What if, what if there is no Jif Ramsey? What if it's all Kit? Whoa. Keep going. And like in like a reverse Tyler Durden scenario. Yeah, and he's showing his acting range as well that he can be two different things, not just a big movie star. Well, also, but he definitely had some issues, right? Because mm-hmm. he's going to um, Mindhead. Yeah. <laughs> police police cops, Mindhead. <laughs> and so he's kind of alluding to voices in his head and maybe some kind of split personality disorder. Whoa. So maybe he, it's like a Tyler Durden scenario where he retreats into GIF when it's Whoa. all too much. Whoa. Back to GIF his like childhood space. self, like his teenage exactly. self. Yeah. Because yeah. even with the power of uh, special effects these days, we don't actually see them in the same shot ever. At the end we do. do we do at the end? At the film. But I don't think they're in the same shot. Like yeah. they're not, are they? I'm pretty sure they're in the, when they're watching the movie. Yeah. Well, you know what? You see Brad Pitt and Edward Norton in the same shot, so it doesn't matter. I don't want to <laughs> Yeah, why am I here poo-pooing no, your no, theory? No. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's um, exactly what happened. Wow. 100%. It's now canon. It's part of the film. It's canon. I'll add it to the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the movie, you see Jif disappear into the dust. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, he shoots himself in the head. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And Helena Bonham Carter's there the, and yeah, uh, yeah. stealing laundry. Yeah, it all adds up. i tell you what was interesting for me. during the, I've just started watching Fargo, the TV series. Yeah. Pretty late to the party there. Yeah. Um, you guys have heard of it? I've heard of um, it. I've seen a little bit of it. <laughs> oh, you haven't watched it? I've only I seen the, the first one. season. It's good. I've only seen the first season. Yeah, yeah I'm still the, watching the first season. The first That'll two. probably do me. It's good. Yeah. But I was watching it and I, it reminded me how funny stupid people are <laughs> to watch. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and then, of course, we did Bowfinger this week and I was like, what is it about 
dumb people in films <laughs> that is so entertaining. Yeah. Like if you, you, you go, you've got Dumb and Dumber, you've got The Naked Gun, and there's just so many examples mm. that we could list of silly characters that are our favourite characters. You know, you verse that to the other end of the spectrum with smart people. Yeah. A Beautiful Mind, that's not a funny movie. No. <laughs> Interstellar, only hilarious in the ending. <laughs> True. Big, big Bang Theory. I rest my case. Yes. Why is it that is it what you know? So what, smart what, people aren't funny. Smart people aren't funny to watch. To watch, they have to be. Yeah, dumb people, dumb yeah, people are just. I don't know. In my, when I look at my favorite films, <laughs> there's usually the characters. I mean, the actors are obviously geniuses, but yeah, the characters are quite often pretty basic humans, and this film yeah. is a good example of that. They're a pack of idiots. I agree. Yeah. I think that's so like I love dumb comedy. I love idiot comedy. I agree with you. I think like there's something so fun about like people that are not equipped to have like to have the life that they have or to like live in the yeah. stakes that they have. And especially in a movie yeah. like this where they've accidentally created like a very high stakes scenario of like making yeah. this yeah. film <laughs> illegally covertly. Yeah. None of them are equipped to work in that regard so they have to like <laughs> rise above their station i think uh, that's why it like works so much because like everyone's freaking dumb and it just like puts an added layer of stress onto the whole thing yeah yeah, yeah. and i think it's what you said before alexi the gap between mm. like what they are versus what they think they are absolutely yeah. the thing that it really makes it yeah and intelligence is like the best way to to make that gap, to create that gap. Yeah. Because they just can't comprehend yeah, yeah, yeah. that they suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's so great. Um, oh, the other memory I had of this movie, which now in 2021 is kind of hilarious, unfortunately, is I remember vividly, I don't know if I read it in a magazine, so it's not that vivid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember if it was a magazine or on TV or something, but it was an interview with Steve Martin where he's kind of bragging about discovering this hot new talent in Jamie Kennedy. Whoa. And well, and, and I remember the time thinking, well, that's weird because he's already been in Romeo and Juliet and Scream. Yeah. And in <laughs> fact, if you zoom out now all the that's way to 2021, it. he was already on the way down by the time he got to Bowfinger. <laughs> like he kind of already peaked. So it's, it's he in kind film. of, he like jinxed it or something. It's fascinating because, yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was really weird at the time and now with hindsight and mm. knowing about Son of the Mask and other movies, it's bizarre. It was. And I thought he, I mean, he's good in this, he's yeah. good in Scream and he's good in Romeo and Juliet. Like he should, I feel like he's, Do you know, yeah. we've done him a disservice. He didn't get the right roles or something. I wonder, I, I, was, I was wondering the same and I was thinking did, did, did Zach Braff and just come and take oh. his career? <laughs> Fuck, I, that be. might be it, dude. Like, you know, Zach Braff, your Brecken Myers, like they filled the yeah. gap for that short little period that they needed the Jamie Kennedys. And I'll tell you yeah. this, I chose this movie, so I've seen it a lot of times, and literally every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, fuck, Jamie Kennedy's in this. I'm surprised <laughs> by it. And it happened again today while I was watching it. I was like, oh, fuck, Jamie Kennedy's in this. I have that memory of me today going, Jamie yeah. Kennedy's in this. And in the few hours between me watching the movie and starting this podcast, <laughs> I already forgot that he was in it. And then you brought it up like, oh, yeah, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy's in this movie. Oh, man. Me too, and I'd written a note down to talk about it. He's had, a, <laughs> he's had quite a career. He's, yeah. It's been all over the place. And such a rock-solid start. Yeah. The trifecta, really, Romeo and Juliet, 
uh, Scream. And this is like uh, something else too. Hang on. And I'll tell you as well for me being like a young comedy fan growing up, like, and you know, dreaming of like doing stand up or whatever. I, Jamie Kennedy was like the heckler guy. Like he had so many heckler videos on YouTube. He made that documentary about hecklers. He made the documentary. Yeah. He was just like, he was that guy. He's got like kind of like carved out a whole niche for him in like the history of comedy being like the heckler guy. Well, he's kind of circled around to be the butt of the joke because like in things like Scream, Mm -hmm. he's the smart one calling out the tropes and things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's, he's kind of... He's one of us kind of thing. Yeah. And then at some point <laughs> we all turned on him and he's, he's the guy that we heckle. Yeah. And <clears throat> even that movie, I haven't seen the documentary Heckler. Have you? Yes. It's like uh, you have? It, it, when you're like a teenager and you're like, oh, I'm going to do comedy, I'm going to be a comedian or whatever. Oh, you need to like, like there's, harden up and There's like about this it. set list of like comedy documentaries. There's only like 10 comedy documentaries and like basically every comedian would have watched all of them, especially like my age. We right. have like access. So it's like that, the Aristocrats, the Aristocrats movie. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. The Paul Provenza movie. Yeah. It's not Bob very Saget. good. There's a movie called Comedian <laughs> that stars Jerry Seinfeld and this up-and-coming com- comedian at the time, Orny Adams, that um, is huh. like about Jerry Seinfeld post-Seinfeld TV show coming back to start again oh. as a comedian from scratch. And then Orny Adams right. like this upcoming comedian at the time. And um, that one I would say is like fucking sick and I would highly recommend to anyone if you yeah, can track right. it down. Yeah, all right. It's called yeah. just, I think it's just called Comedian, full stop or something. It rings a bell. That does, I feel like I can see the cover or something. Is it yeah, black it sounds, with white writing? Maybe. There's <laughs> <laughs> a chance yeah. it was. There's a chance. Those are colours, yeah. It might be. <laughs> Actually, they're not colours. <laughs> That's true, they're an absence of colour. Hey, um, what was I going to say? Oh, Son of the Mask. Have you seen Son of the Mask? Tragically, yes, I have seen Son of the Mask. You got it. Oh, my God. Have you seen it, Greg? I... I feel like I've seen part of it. Somehow it's got Alan Cumming in it. Yeah, it's so weird. And it's filmed <laughs> sounds, here. It's filmed like right. in Australia, like in Queensland oh, or something. It? Yeah. It's like. It is bad. Sunshine and I think, State. I think that was the final nail in the coffin or the, the final straw that prompted the the doco. Yeah. The heckler thing. I think so. he got so. such bad press around it. And he was just like, what the fuck is this? And then, yeah, he, he made that doco. But fascinating career. Oh, and somewhere in between there was. Uh, Malibu's most wanted. I forgot which, that existed far out. <laughs> yeah, so there, that that is not a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but there yep. was one thing that came out of that. His name was Brad, and his like rapper name was B Rad. Oh yeah, I feel like that got out. That became a bit of a thing. Like we, yeah, all my, all my friends' names, we just did that same formula. It was hilarious. <laughs> we had a good time. But that's kind of the its only legacy. <laughs> But, yeah, I kind of feel bad for the guy. Although he – and then he ended up in The Ghost Whisperer. Well, I was going to say, hang on, don't feel too bad for him. He dated Jennifer Love Hewitt mm. for a period of time. Yeah, for a year. A whole – that's 12 months. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's wow. Man, that's wow. better so than So maybe he Oscar. just retired after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe he's like <laughs> – He's probably very happy with it all. Yeah, now he's got a podcast, doesn't he? <laughs> probably. I think he does. <laughs> that's one thing I want to say. Famous people should not be allowed to have podcasts. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's not fair, right? I hate it. It's oh, it's rough, man. You see people like or Dax least- Shepard who probably also killed Jamie Kennedy's career. He's got a popular <laughs> podcast. Yes. Like, come on, dude. F the F off, dude. Yeah, You're he not gets a like podcaster. Sean Penn on there and talks about Charles Bukowski. I'm oh, like, oh, come on. Come on, dude. No. 
the ones that drive me the most uh, insane are the ones where it's the cast of the show talking about the show. And it's like, just, I don't know, can it just not be on the podcast platform? Like yes. give us some space to have our thing. Exactly. Do it as it's, a YouTube. Yeah. Do it as a YouTube. Yeah. Do that. Make your fun little freaking videos, but don't do it a podcast. And also, like you said, not the same show. Let Jenna Fisher and yeah. Angela from The Office do a Scrubs podcast and JD and Turk do a freaking Office podcast. Yeah. That's how it should be. There you mm. go. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mix it up. Because all, all these things go in the TV and film category on the on the Apple podcast. Yes. Yeah. And they just keep pushing us down. Exactly. How are people supposed to find us, you know? Exactly. Jamie, Jamie Kennedy and your potential yeah. podcast. <laughs> we don't even know if he has one. <laughs> I'm going to assume. He he's got does. something. Jamie I know Kennedy. he's got some internet shit that he does you now. Like maybe he is a YouTube. He and he's probably one of, does. He's one of the good guys, like the Drew Barrymores that did a YouTube show instead of a podcast. Ah, uh, good. Yeah. All right. We're, we're, Thank you, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy, friend of the show. You're approved. We're, yeah, we're back on. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one I thought was interesting because oh, you made a good point, Greg, is this was the, this was at a point in Eddie Murphy's career where mm. it, the apex was a couple of movies ago. Yes. Um, could you say the same for Steve Martin? Could you say the same for another great supporting member in this, Heather Graham? Another one that had yeah. an amazing start, which mm. when you think about it, I, you kind of forget. But it, just to list them out. License to Drive. Which one's that? Oh, the, the, it's Corey the Corey's. Corey's movie, right? <laughs> the two Corey's. That's yeah. true. I didn't realise she was in that. I remember the babe Mercedes. So right. they, I remember the film well because it was like a it was a Corey movie when I was a kid but I, I didn't realise until today when I was reading up on her. Yeah. Well, man, aside from that one, <laughs> her first few movies, yeah, Drugstore Cowboy, Gus Van Sant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then she works with David Not Lynch. Not to be Twin- confused with Lars Van Trier. No, yeah, we got that mixed up last time. <laughs> um, David Lynch with Twin Peaks. She's in Swingers as the, you know, the adorable, irresistible woman at the end. Paul Thomas Anderson and Boogie Nights. Austin Powers yeah. too. This. And then, and to be fair, I think this one might have been more of a conscious choice to do more indie projects and things. But still. It's, I think she likes the indies. Yeah. She mm. quite likes the art house. It's a fascinating trajectory. Like that's. That's a serious hit list. <laughs> like that's yeah. yeah. in terms of working with directors, man. And I would say wow. like especially it's like this, I would say 98 and 99, like that's peak Heather Graham because you got Lost in Space, yeah. which is not a great oh, movie, yeah. but I have a love for it. I have a love for her in it. And I had like the freaking toys for that movie and stuff. But then like I would say <laughs> that then Austin Powers and Bowfinger in the same year, like right after it, yeah. that's a bit of an apex. Like her as Felicity and, Shagwell in Spy Who Shagged Me, that's like an apex character for me. And the video clip for American Woman. Oh, of course. Yeah. Lenny Kravitz. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a big moment. And also the Madonna video clip, the Beautiful Stranger that came out also with yeah. the Austin Powers movie. That was a good one. That was a, I thought the late 90s were good for me. <laughs> <laughs> he was school captain. Oh, <laughs> oh no, that was primary school. Oh, that was primary school. Okay. Yeah, primary school. <laughs> it was all downhill. So you were already. 93 was the year. Yours is more maps to Eddie Murphy's trajectory, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's okay. This, yeah, this is our doll one, mate. Yeah. yeah, that works. Um, exactly. What was I going to say? So, is there a, is there something here where there's a Bowfinger curse, and a lot of these actors kind of this was their last last good one? I don't know. Robert Downey Jr. Oh no, Robert Downey Jr. That's yeah, a good point. he saved it. He comes back. He broke the Bowfinger curse. Interestingly, yeah. so just one year earlier, 
he was supposed to be in Wild Things instead of Matt Dillon. Oh. Mm-hmm. But it was still too much of an insurance risk. No way. He was too wild. He was too wild. As it were. But the crazy thing is I realised today in looking at Heather Graham, in 1998 instead of Wild Things he did another movie which had an iconic threesome in it called Two Girls and a Guy. Was it Two Guys and a oh, Girl? Two Girls and a Guy, oh, right? Oh, of course. Oh, so yeah. was that like something he just really wanted to do? Yeah. So well. like, I gotta get <laughs> laid twice at the same time, dude. I gotta do it <laughs> on camera. Uh, I just came out of jail. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I think I would say just with Heather Graham, that that would that is the one character in this movie where I wouldn't say it's totally outdated and problematic, but it is the one that's sort of on the on the cusp mm. of being a little bit weird. Like if, if she was the only female, it would be pretty bad. Yeah. But luckily, luckily she's not. But yeah, they're sleeping the way to the oh, top right, thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think yeah. you're but right in if, like the way that it kind yeah. of like escapes being like, oh, look at the problematic thing in Bowfinger is that it's like all the powers yeah. with her in every situation. Like she's the that's one that's like point. using her sexuality as her power. Yeah, you're right. She's the one. Bossing that's a it. really good point. That makes it feel less less icky. Yeah. Uh, in saying that though, just to icky fire a little bit, it, apparently now, uh, Steve Martin may or may not have based that on Anne Heche. I have heard. I have heard. Especially when you get yeah. to the ending where she yeah. leaves Bowfinger to be with the most powerful lesbian oh, in Hollywood. lesbian in Hollywood. Is yeah. quite the ending to his relationship oh, with Anne Heche leaving him for Ellen DeGeneres, right? Yeah. So thing? he dated Anne Heche and then Anne Heche went to Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, that's Wow. You asshole. Oh, I got it. It was a fuck you asshole anyway. It actually is both. It's both. <laughs> it's appropriate. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's If only that's she fact. knew how powerful Ellen would become. Yeah. Well, until this year. <laughs> Man, nineteen ninety eight Ellen wasn't even that exactly. powerful. Exactly. This year is Ellen's boasting year. Portion. The curse has just begun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I did very much enjoy when Steve Martin... Um, confronts her after realizing that she's banged. Who, who, who was after him? Can't Jif. remember. Jif, of course. Yeah. He's like, "You've been sleeping. With, we're through. We're done. We've been sleeping with Jif." She goes, "So what?" He goes, "I never thought of it that way." Yeah. See you tonight. See you tonight. That's one of the perfect like Steve Martin like comedy moments yeah. where yeah. he just like he yeah. just has a flip instantly, and it's just like he's he's just developed like thousands of thoughts in one seconds, and it's like the driest return. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so good. Alexi, where do you think this, where does this rank for you in terms of a uh, Frank Oz film? Oh, shit, that's hard. Because I would say it has to be number one easily is Little Shop of Horrors. Because I think that's like a pure masterpiece. Yeah. Like you were saying, like it's it's Frank Oz firing on all cylinders. And then mm. I'm split. It's between this and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. But I think this uh, edges yes. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels just out a little bit because this has got all the Frank Oz style. It's got like this satirical bent. But then I think it edges it out because it just is very specific in that it's specifically one of the best movies about filmmaking that's ever been made. And it's like this really yeah. goofy satirical comedy that has like the greatest Eddie Murphy performances. And then like also what I really dug the last couple of times watching it is like the weird mind head undercurrent of Scientology, I think is yeah. really funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't get that before this viewing. That's a good point. That's something that I definitely didn't get in 1999. Mm. But then in this one, I'm like, okay, 
it seems like it's Scientology, but in saying that, I feel like Scientology would endorse the belief in aliens, (laughs) first of all, and would probably facilitate the Laker girls being flashed. They would probably just sort it out for him. Yeah. We've learned a lot about Scientology in the last Exactly. (laughs) Or actually, maybe the action star that could replace Eddie is Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. I think that's the only one that could probably pull off the dual roles and also, like, the intense energy that's needed and, like, the effectiveness of performance. Because a lot of the other action stars are quite dry, but Tom Cruise is a very wet little actor. (laughs) (laughs) And he has got an element of self-awareness about him these days, it seems. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Especially go, like, Tropic Thunder, which is, like, a similar comedy as well. Like, he could really do this. Yeah. Yeah, he could. The Joel Silver thing. That works. I like it. It checks out. It does check out. Uh, I had another question, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you guys know the answer to this, but is is Bowfinger a real name? Because I couldn't seem to find it. Anyone called Bowfinger? And then if so, why is the movie like why that is that? Is, am I missing something with the name Bowfinger? Yeah, I don't know. It feels like a really fake know. name. Like, yeah. can you imagine some kid being born like Jeremy Bowfinger? Like, it's not. Yeah, it's a weird name. So it must someone be someone like, out there is crying right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Joey Jojo. <laughs> That's the worst name I ever heard. <laughs> but I would think like Bowfinger himself, the character seems like a guy that would make an anachronistic surname like that to like stand out. Yeah. To like stick in people's mm. minds, like a freaking finger pushing into their skull. But also Because it sounds like a James <laughs> Bond movie or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds like a James Bond Bo character. Finger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. then that's the song I think as well like it's weird because I'm like this would not be the title I would ever choose for this movie like I would that's kind of what I'm getting at too because it's like A is it even a real name Mm -hmm. B it doesn't tell you anything about what it is and it's kind of just sounds like a James Bond movie or something like this like that's a bit of a pet peeve for me is when a movie just has the name of a character that I could not give a fuck about, like John Carter exactly. like, or like, Michael uh, Clayton. Nell. <laughs> oh, my God. Nell. That's an obsession for me, that movie. <laughs> that's the weirdest movie ever made. <laughs> Nell is the weirdest <laughs> fucking movie ever made. Like the Chickapay, Miss May, Chickapay, <laughs> the weirdest performance. <laughs> Liam Neeson's fucking yeah. weird in it. Oh, Jodie Foster's really so fucking weird in it. <laughs> Next time, can I come back and do Nell? I feel like I've only seen that once on TV or <laughs> something. Should, let's do Nell. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've got to come back for Nell. for Nell. I'm back for Nell. You've got to come <laughs> back for it. Deal. But that's true about the other, like the other more normal, like Michael Clayton. Mm-hmm. I'm still not. Yeah. Was that about a lawyer? Was he a lawyer? He's a lawyer or some shit. Yeah. I think he had a beard. The, like also, <laughs> do you remember the Angelina Jolie movie Salt? Yeah. I Just remember of it. That, like, Cool Spy or some shit. I don't know. Like, who's Salt? (laughs) Cool Spy. Cool Spy. Salty Spy. Yeah, Salty salty Spy. spy. It only works if you get to the next. So Cobra. Cobra kind of works. Yes. Um, That one was top of mind because I had to Google if Cabretti was a real name. (laughs) His name's Cabretti. Exactly. Just just so his name could be Cobra. Well, it was called Cobra. It wasn't called Marion Cabretti. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it works. That Mm. works. I would um, actually go see Marion Cabretti because it's just like (laughs) that is my favourite Yeah, but you think you'd be getting a period drama. Yeah, exactly. That's what – that's what he'll call the fourth installment, like how he had John Rambo and yes. Rocky Balboa. Yeah. He'll have Marion Cabretti. Could you? Um, this morning, it was a bad <laughs> end. It's a <laughs> end. 
That would actually like turn my whole life around if we found out we were getting like a Cobra franchise now. I would fucking shit <laughs> yeah. here. I would shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I think that's Life something that's always now. stuck in my head. Like, do you think that like the character's name was Mario Cobretti and then someone's like, that sounds too silly. Change it to Marion, which is just weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the Beverly Hills cop connection, right? Yeah. Because it was Axel Axel Cobretti exactly. at some point. But <laughs> just that's something that crazy. will never leave my brain that Cobra, Cobra and <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop were once the same movie. It's insane. It's insane. And actually, now that I think of it, it's another role that Eddie Murphy Correct. took off an action star. Absolutely. Oh, Bowfinger in this. Yo, dude, actually, Sly would crush this role. Even <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like, if you literally, if you just do Jif is Rocky and then like Rambo <laughs> is Kit Ramsey, that's a like fucking movie, yeah. dude. <laughs> that works because oh, Rocky is so stupid. That's he's my favorite dumb character <laughs> in any movie. I like when he talks under his breath. It's sort of like a, it's like a Popeye thing. You know, Popeye's got like the yeah. two voices. <laughs> <laughs> He's also and then he's got his louder voice. But no one knows what he's saying. He's just Love it. Uh, he's rambling he's as Rocky is my favorite shit the in best. the world. Like I I live like and in the die pet by store? it. Uh, yeah. Hey, yo, Agent, it. you know, we've got a couple of nice things over here. Just gonna do a nice <laughs> night together, you and I. But, you know, a couple of nice guys walking around just saying the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, she still briefly, went for it. No wonder she wasn't interested. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I haven't seen Cobra since I was 16, but it might get a play tonight. The first half is amazing, mm. so not a bad one to fall asleep to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is good to fall asleep because it feels like a. it would have been the 11 p.m. movie anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. The first half is so good, so good. And you know what? That's almost the making of Cobra might have been close to something like this uh, Bowfinger because he thought he was making, you know, he'd, mm. he'd done Rocky and he'd done um, First Blood. He thought this was the third yeah. one. This is like the yeah. this is gonna be my trinity of iconic. Then he chose the wrong jeans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the wrong license plate. His license plate says awesome. Oh God. <laughs> is that real? It was his car. It was yeah. his car oh as well. God. It was his car as well. And well, our recasting in that was you should have had Judge Reinhold as Cobra. Wow. Because then all those things fit. Yeah. All those things fit. The number plate that says awesome. Uh it's just the it's, irony. A, it's more of a dorky cobra. He's more of a dork. Yeah. Um, it works nicely. What would so you, think about that as you're watching. What it would you retitle uh, Bowfinger if you had to give it a title that made sense? Would it be like Chubby Rain or f- something else? I heard that Chubby Rain was in the mix, but um, that's equally confusing. Yeah, the only I don't really have a solution to this. The only one I had was at least Bobby Bowfinger, at least, so you know it's even a name. Mm. But then to your point. But then it's still only a name. Yeah, true. But at least it's more than just a word that I don't know what it means. Mm. Uh, yeah. What about, mm. let me tell you this one. <laughs> yeah. Manipulator, that's good. Yeah. Here's my pitch. Mm. What about Holly Weird? Hey. Oh, yeah, it gets a little bit weird, but it's set in Hollywood. It does get weird. Hollywood? Weird. Hollywood. There we go. I think nice. we got something here. It works. Yeah, we should good. we should have Hollywood pitch meetings. That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, we've already have a list of demands for Netflix. Absolutely. Next, we'll just send a list of movie name suggestions to Hollywood for old movies that have already been released. <laughs> already been yeah, released. Exactly. For your consideration, <laughs> please retitle Cobra to Marion Cabretti. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll get a good response. I got a good feeling it's about it's inevitable. <laughs> oh, something I learned about 
this is completely mm-hmm. random, but I wanted to share because it blew my mind. Something I learned about Steve Martin today is that he wasn't an SNL cast member. Yeah, he, he was just on it all. He's just, just frequent Mr. Host. Mr. host. Frequent host. Because I, I, yeah. So the two cast members of SNL in this movie were actually Eddie Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that's true. Was he? In, I don't know. Yeah. He was the youngest cast member, I think, until um. What's that, his ex- name? that explains Davidson, a few right? things. Pete Davidson. Yeah. Pete David. What's the deal there? Do you know much about that? Man, I used um, to love his stand up. Like he was like, really? when, especially when I was starting out. Like he was like this hot yeah. young like hip stand up. I thought he fucking rocked. Like he used to do like really. Yeah, there was this. Oh, what was it? Dave Attell had like this sick um, like stand up TV show, and it was like dirty comedians that you wouldn't normally see on TV. Ah, and that was okay. the first time I ever yep. saw Pete Davidson. I was like, oh shit, this guy is the next big thing. And then I'm shocked right. how right I was. <laughs> like I can't believe that he yeah. actually became the next big thing. I've never, I've, to be fair, I'm sort of judging him without ever seeing his work, but he just strikes me as a guy that isn't that funny. Mm. But I, I find him quite likable and I was pretty pumped for, I, I get on board with these things. Yeah. Maybe a bit like you're saying, I like, I want to see, I'm like, oh, this guy is going to be good. I want to see what happens here. Yeah. But the King of Staten Island, I was a bit. Uh, I really liked that. I, I really I, dug that. Liked yeah, it? I, mean, I love Judd Apatow. Okay. I'm a Judd Apatow guy. Me too. And I was like. Well, that's what I was going to say. We both love funny people. A lot of people don't like funny love people. Love funny people. Okay, special good. movie, special movie. Yes, I was going to say it's <laughs> it's in a similar bucket to this one for mm. me, where I just it's not my favorite movie, but I can watch it anytime. Yeah. There's something about um, there's something about that movie that just makes me feel good. Yeah, <laughs> not the part about Adam Sandler nearly, <laughs> nearly dying, but the it's more the subplot of Seth Rogen and those guys yeah. and trying to make it in comedy and oh, that kind of thing. It just warms my heart. And the Schwartzman. Yeah, Schwartzman's oh, oh, so good in it. Love your teach. And it's also oh, like um, uh, like Heckler, one of the prescribed comedy texts. Like I saw that oh, when it, it came okay. out in the cinema and I was like, yes, this is shit. This will be my life one day. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's uh, I love that movie. I'm glad to hear you like it too because, yeah, it's not many, not many people like mm. it. I think it falls in a weird place because some people watch it expecting an Adam Sandler movie. It, it kind of sits in a weird yeah. mm. in-between mm-hmm. area. I love it. But it's a good one. I like it. I literally have a yeah. poster for yeah. funny people up in my house. I love it. No oh, way. Yeah, I think it rocks. Oh, and he sings John Lennon. I, I can't argue with that. Oh. Adam Sandler singing John Lennon. Sandler Beautiful. and fucking Eddie Murphy are the two. Where I'm like, they have such good singing voices and people need to know about it. Oh. So when I was living in New York, I saw Judd Apatow live. It was Judd Apatow and Friends. And you don't know who his friends are until you go. Whoa. And it was Adam Sandler, <gasps> and he did mostly his songs, and he did the Chris Farley song. Oh, oh and it was like sad. not a dry eye in the yeah. house. It was like oh, because he's singing seriously. Then he's not yeah. just singing about farting and oh, stuff. God. And it was oh, his Axl Rose impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Sandler. Yeah, let's buy him a present. <laughs> he's got enough presents. <laughs> Netflix bought him a few presents. They did. They did. He's technically a colleague of yours. Yeah, technically. Oh, because you're both Netflix employees. There My you God, go. I might try and send a message through. I might try and get something through to him. You try and have a chat him at, by the water cooler. at the Christmas party. Yeah. Christmas party. I hope <laughs> Corner so. him. I hope so. Pitch some material. Him and Dave Chappelle going like, hey, guys. Just, you oh. know, yeah. We're co-workers. Let's hang out. Let's catch up sometime. Uh, <laughs> Chappelle's got a new something coming up, doesn't he? Probably. Always, I reckon. Well, he just got the rights back to his show. I think he's got the show. The show's got coming back. No, he got the rights mm. back, so he gets the money for it now. 
Because oh, people were boycotting it because Comedy Central mm. was getting all the yeah all the monies defeats the purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, why do we get into the verdict? I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Look, often for the verdict, I'll have a little pithy one-liner to sum up how I feel about it. But I feel like we've kind of captured a lot of how I feel about it. I think it's very rewatchable, and it, in the same sense as something like Funny People, where a bit like you were saying, Greg, uh, there's just lots of little bits in it. So it it lends itself to <laughs> so articulately. To, yeah, <laughs> no, but it lends itself to a like a passive watch. Even like you can just put it on, walk in and out of the room, and you walk into something hilarious. Like it's just, it's there's. Every scene's got a little bit of gold in it, mm. so you don't really even yeah. need to yeah. pay that much attention. Absolutely. Um, so it's a hundred percent a rewatch for me. Big tick. How about you guys? I would say I'm with you. It's a big tick on the rewatch for me, and I think as well, like we talked about it a bit, that like it's kind of like a dense comedy in that there's still jokes that we discover like after X <laughs> yeah. amount of watches, yeah. Yeah. after X amount and of that's years, a whole layer, a whole layer yeah. of jokes that we never understood before. <laughs> And I think you captured it perfectly at the start of this discussion, Tristan, when you said this is the Avengers of like 90s comedy. And I think that's really (laughs) what it is. You've got Steve Martin top of his game. You've got like Heather Gray and Jamie Kennedy. But beyond all of that, you've got Christine Baranski doing one of her best funniest performances. And like truly, truly undoubtedly for me, like top tier Eddie Murphy in the mode that you yeah. want Eddie Murphy to be in, which is multiple unique and distinct characters. This is a big old ticker for me. I adore this movie. Yes. And I can't imagine in a rewatch that I will still like fall yeah. out of love with it. Big L Tico. Could not agree more. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna add to the tick pile. Yes, baby. Go <laughs> Greg. Tick. All right. Yeah, it's it it's one of those ones I say it didn't it didn't happen straight away for me. Um but it's it was part of the vernacular, mm. and on the rewatch, it was it was great. There was yeah. there was a lot in there that I hadn't noticed, even all those times I watched it at uni. Um, probably less of a cloud on my head, now. <laughs> um, but it was it was it was thoroughly enjoyable for a whole new set of reasons, and I'll comfortably watch it again in the not too distant future. Yeah, yes, awesome. I'll give it, I'll give it, I'll give it four, four stars, four stars out of five, out of five, out of five. Strong. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Three ticks and a four. Yeah. That's that's a that's a strong rewatch. I get there you go. <laughs> now we're actually actually speaking of Eddie Murphy, next week we're gonna be doing Coming to America. Ooh. Because suddenly because suddenly the new one's coming out, so we've got to step it up. Yeah. Um so I'm looking forward to doing that one. Yeah, you'd be covering that on Total Reboot at some point, wouldn't you? Who knows? I remember we did an episode. We did like an Eddie Murphy miniseries on Mike Check and we did Coming to America. And uh, I think that's a uh, really okay. great comedy. That's one of my favorites. It's Me one too. of the best, isn't it? It rocks. What else you got going on? Uh, you may have a new 
Finding Ooh. Something podcast in the world. Down the line. Hopefully this year we'll be coming back with Down another Finding series. But uh, for now, we've got That'll the first nice. two series up there, Finding Drago, which is the first one, which is trying to track down the mysterious author of uh, Rocky IV, Ivan Drago-based spin-off novel. Uh, so it's a real documentary <laughs> that's Amazing. very silly and very funny, um, trying to track down a mysterious and elusive author. Second season is about trying to track down an elusive filmmaker called Sidney Ling, who claims to be the youngest filmmaker in the world back in the <laughs> 1970s and got the Guinness World Record for it but we think that it's fake so we try to track him down and total reboots a podcast that's coming back like basically this week when you're listening to this um where we are now doing like bigger mini series we pick like interesting topics and genres and stuff that we find interesting and then we'll do like pick great films or significant films in that category so we're starting off this year with Teen movies, and we're doing Dazed and Confused as our Ooh. first episode back this year. Oh, oh excellent. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, nice. <laughs> very good, very good. I can only listen to Total Reboot when it's a movie we've already covered. So I, I, I listened to Scarface recently. That was good. Um, but otherwise, I'll keep an eye out for any, um, any movies Rock we've on. already covered. So as to not accidentally copy the format of your show <laughs> scarface our craziest episode in a long time where we just like went insane talking about it that, that was that was pretty fun to listen to uh, was it who was the guy with you Eddie, uh, aaron chen very funny comedian uh, one aaron. of my favorite oh, yeah. one of my great. best friends he was, funniest he was great yeah the best hey the only recasting i had for this film was i thought woody harrelson would be a great bowfinger oh oh yeah yes Channeling his kingpin type of, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. I thought Steve Carell potentially. Yeah, Steve Carell could oh, yeah. do it. Because he's, he's got a bit of the Steve Martin thing where he can be an asshole but likeable. Mm. But so does Woody, yeah. I'm sure many people in Hollywood could be an asshole. <laughs> they could do it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> they could do it. They've got plenty of them. And maybe one day we'll get, we'll get a reboot of this with the blowing up of the Hollywood mansion. Yeah. And the Stephen Bradbury ending. Oh, you could only hope. You so. hope so. Yeah. And Sylvester Stallone as Kit Ramsey and Jif. That's what yeah. I want. <laughs> gotcha, sucky. That's the closest I can do. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, thank you again, Alexi, for Absolutely, joining us. Absolutely, mate. That's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute delight. This was sick. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. It was so fun to hang out and chat about like this underappreciated great that hopefully we're getting a few more eyes on if they haven't checked it out before. Yes, good point, 100%. It's on, in Australia, it's on binge, so go watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks again. And uh, we'll see you when we do a little film called Nell. Nell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got to be the returning guest for Nell. I can't wait. 